This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey there, welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast, Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael. Listeners, thanks for joining us for part two of a conversation we started uh, previously. And it was really about being hurt by your church leader and how do I forgive them? And we we gave some practical beginning points, but then we ended with, well, what if my pastor responds negatively to my hurt? In other words, it doesn't go well when I have that conversation yep. of let's talk as brothers. Yep. Can we get through this? And there is a negative response from that church leader or pastor. Yeah, I think it's really important to diagnose in the moment why. Um, did you catch them at a really bad time? Like, for example, yeah. like if you come up to me right before I preach and say, you know, I'm really mad at you, don't, man. Don't you just love that? I, sometimes my mind just is boggled. Would you come up to a batter who's getting ready to step into the batter's box and tell him some story about he's a jerk or that he's right. he's made all these mistakes last inning, you know, you missed three balls that was hit to you. Oh, by the way, step in the batter's box and hit a home run. Yep. Any conversation is fair game for me, except for conflict resolution personally, especially when you're like opening up the conversation yeah, for the first time. Yeah. I could literally talk about ministries. Like my, my brain doesn't get too distracted, mm-hmm. but there is like one category that just stunts my whole world is if I really hurt somebody, I hate that feeling yeah. and it sits in my brain and I'm like, oh, you know, so like there is a time and place for it, you know, but maybe you got them in the wrong time or maybe you're diagnosing, Wow. I really tapped into a sore spot. Yeah. I'd love to say I don't have them. Most people do. Right. For some people, it's respect. For mm-hmm. some people, it's not being understood. Yeah. For some people, it's just, you know what? They have a sin of overcompensation mm-hmm. and they have a sin of needing to be perfect. What I'm doing is putting the burden of sin likely on the pastor if they're responding negatively. Yeah. And one of the things that I do with all of our staff, myself, is if if you or I or we, if we don't respond in a way that speaks to the heart of somebody— that's on us. Yes, it is. Maybe we did the best we could, but it's our job to know better. Yeah. You know, and that's a tension there. And so mm-hmm. what's really hard is when the pastor is dismissive. You don't know what you're talking about, or you're this, or it's fine. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Like to be dismissed is really, ah, it's annoying, you know? Yeah. But if it goes bad, um, diagnose why it went bad. Maybe maybe they haven't eaten. Mm-hmm. And maybe in the middle of it, they say to you, you know what? I'm really grouchy right now. I love you. I don't know why I'm responding like this. Can I go eat and we can talk? And then we come you back know? and talk. Sometimes people aren't even aware of it, but I think there are different categories, you know? Yes. And so there are some bad responses that leave you saying, that stunk. I got to figure out what to do with that. Mm-hmm. There are some responses, though, that leave you genuinely insecure, yeah. genuinely wounded, genuinely like, I'm, I'm mad. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. unjust. That was just ungodly. You have an opportunity at this point. Uh, the opportunity is, number one, act like it never happened, hold a little bit of grudge, never trust them again, which I, I can say in my worst moments, I'm absolutely capable of being that person. Yeah, and that's probably not the long-term best approach. But in churches, this is an approach it, it that is many people have taken. It is often the approach that people take. My plea would be find out a way to bypass my own sin mm-hmm. so that I can be exposed and so that we can be united. Mm-hmm. That would be my plea despite the fact that nobody really wants to be exposed. <laughs> yeah, know? right. So that option number one is you just hold on to it and you grow bitter. Option number two is muster up the courage again to say, hey, your response stunk. Yeah. Try to circle back and try to yep. complete the loop. Hey, you didn't respond real well yep. when I spoke to you about this. Yep. Can we have the conversation a second time? 
Give it a day or two or a week. Right. Pray for them. Uh, remember that the Lord has their heart. And if the response is still bad after you follow up, it's probably telling you there's a sin issue mm-hmm. in them at that point that, yeah. that needs to be tended to quickly. Because yeah. if it's happened to you, it's probably happened to other people. Right. And I can speak for Tim and I and all of our staff. I don't really want to be in that place. I don't. A couple of years either. ago, Bethany Thomas sat down with me and she basically said to me, hey, Michael, um, you remember how you told me that like if, if I ever see you in kind of like <laughs> not a good place to sit down with you and talk to you about it? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you're there. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh. Well, good for her that she oh, had the courage yeah. to do that. And I was like, what am I doing? And she's like, um... You're kind of getting really controlling, and then you're being a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't pull any punches and I was there, did like, she? No, she didn't. Well, I told her. I'm like, shoot me straight. Yeah. I think I had to say to her, I promise you, I will receive whatever you take me. You know me. You love me. I'm going to hear this. Right. My heart is ready. So go for it. And I didn't like hearing it. No one really but does. But it was what I needed in that moment. I needed somebody to look me in the face and be like, look. Yeah, you, you know, because I did. I actually, like, I think I had hurt her feelings a couple times. But she didn't even deal with that. Oh. She just kind of got past it. And she yeah. said, can we just talk about the point here? You're kind of getting controlling and being a jerk. Mm-hmm. And that's what I needed. And automatically, the Holy Spirit just brought to my mind, I think, like, 10 instances in the last, like, month or so where I kind of took it for granted. And mm-hmm. I wasn't the most kind. And I was probably too critical of some things. And in that moment, I was able to say I'm sorry for at least what I was aware of. And in that moment, she also knew, okay— the Holy Spirit has him. Yes. You know, I did my mm-hmm. job. Now I'm going to let the Holy Spirit finish this in him. And sometimes that's what we need. But sometimes when you come back again, we're still jerks. Yes. I would love to say that is not the case. <laughs> I would, You know, to date, I, right. I have not had to have the elders come sit down with me and say, we got somebody who says, you've been a jerk multiple times to them. I, I prefer to just own it the first time. Yeah. But I'm not above it. And I don't know what future Michael's going to turn mm. into. And I don't know what kind of life circumstances are, could discourage me or stress me out. You know, like neither do you. No, exactly. I think that's why we need to go back to the Matthew 18 yes. passage. Can you just read through that? To clearly understand, if this person does not listen, then take one or two others along with you mm. that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Yep. That second or third person can say, you know what? Uh, you're bringing a charge against your leader and they're not responding well because it could be that you are in the wrong, not the leader in the wrong. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's both. <laughs> sometimes it's both. Yeah. But it enhances the importance of reconciliation. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is a very clear reason you don't jump to the next step and bring this church leader before all the elders. Right. You treat them as a brother first. Yes. There needs to be that medium level. Yep. I have personally seen in churches that not being utilized very much. It's interesting because I think what we're trying to advocate here is two things. Number one, it's when you're hurt, you have a responsibility before yeah. God. But what I also want to do here is elevate the expectation of our pastors yep. to create context of safety around us yes. that permit people to come talk to us, mm-hmm. which is why, especially sometimes those closest to us that we're ministering to, volunteers, staff, doesn't matter, even to say one-on-one, hey, do you see any red flags in me? This was kind of a sensitive thing. You yeah. saw me in this thing. Did you see any like thing in me that just wasn't great? Like, what yeah, was that, it, you know? This is something that has been at my heart for many, many years. And the listeners know. Michael, I want to talk to you about an issue that you have. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Michael Maybe, and I, I are don't... 20 years apart. <laughs> yeah. And I can tell you that when I started in ministry, 
the expectation for church leaders was they were put on a platform where they were untouchable mm. by the congregation. And if the church leader, the church pastor, either behaved or treated the congregation or persons in the church in an ungodly or even an unkind way, that they were untouched and it was swept under the rug. So irritating. And the church member would be so offended that they would leave the church. And understandably, if your pastors are sweeping stuff under the rug, it's like, what do I even do here? And I'm so excited that over the years of ministry, we have now reached a new season in church leaders Mm. where the requirement or the expectation of you're a church leader, you are held to a higher standard, but you know what? We know you're imperfect. And there is this greater desire to reconcile as brothers and sisters first. And I am so thrilled that that is the culture at Village Church. So we're trying to do. And many churches have moved to that. Not all. Mm -hmm. It concerns me. In some ways, it really worries me about the longevity of that ministry Mm. and the hurt and pain that that style of leadership does to a congregation. It's not good. Yep. Well, let's not do it. Yeah, let's not do it. Well, I mean, we're going to hurt people. Again, I hope people hear the desire is not to hurt. I've never met a pastor who's like, I'm going to go hurt people, right? Well, honestly, I, I've, I've met a few that, you know, they, they, <laughs> they have they, they've, they've had their agenda and yeah. uh, it's kind of like the bull yeah. in the China China cabinet uh, or China, China shop. shop. Yeah. China shop, not cabinet. <laughs> I don't think a bull can get in the cabinet, but in the China shop. Uh, and, and it's things, a little bull. Yeah, things get <laughs> things get broken, you know, and yep. unfortunately we're talking about breaking people's hearts and lives. Yep. I want to come back to a bigger principle here, which is there's two big burdens. One is there's the burden on the person wounded to pursue reconciliation. It's a hard burden, you yeah. know, like— yeah. And uh, when you're wounded, you want to say, but I'm wounded. Like, you need to come to me. Sure. Sometimes that doesn't always happen, and sometimes people don't even know. Or sometimes they might know you're wounded, but they may think it's just a little deal, but really it's a huge deal. Sure. But there's a burden. The burden and the expectation is on the wounded. But there's another burden, and the burden is on the wounder. And if you're a church leader, there's an expectation that you are going to be humble, mutually submissive. You will own things, but you will also not just appease somebody as a parishioner. Right. You will pursue reconciliation as a brother and sister that's in right. Christ. And mm-hmm. I think that's really, really important. And I would say, okay, what if my pastor responds negatively to my hurt? At this point, you do need to go to Matthew 18. And one of the things I love is that you're not bringing an accusation against a pastor by bringing in a third party to no. help you deal with it. The accusation doesn't happen until after you have an unrepentant pastor. That's right. And uh, Paul tells Timothy that you need to have two or three witnesses Mm -hmm. on this. Well, guess what? When you follow Matthew 18, not only do you have the person offended initially, but you have the mediator, and now you have your two witnesses. That's right. So, like, this whole process actually protects you, protects the church, and gives, you know, the leadership the accountability they need. So, let's shift gears, because Tim— sure. We've answered the question, how do I really forgive a church leader who hurt me, right? Mm-hmm. That's talking about that burden on the person who's that's been right. hurt. What if my pastor responds negatively to my hurt? That's today. Mm-hmm. And that's very real. Yes. And the hope is we're going to give somebody a Matthew 18 tool to say, you know, bring somebody else with you and have a candid dialogue, right? Yes. But what if my pastor won't change? So let's come back next time. And let's, let's really go after that. That after the circle back, it still is not going yep. in a positive direction. Yep. And unfortunately, this is real. It and is. may we never be 
this person. Amen. Amen. Amen.